Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Damn, damn, damn. True Underdog. Damn, damn, Unleash damn. the power Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast, top three entrepreneur motivational podcast, and I've got a special guest for you today. Not only am I a fan of this gentleman, but he is leading a movement with the Detroit Lions. This is my dear friend, Chris Spielman. He's an author, an ESPN college football analysis. He's the special assistant to the owner and CEO of the Detroit Lions right now. He was a pro bowler. He played in Detroit, loves Detroit, bleeds Detroit. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. What do you think of the intro? Not too bad? No, pretty good. Uh, (laughs) I've had a pretty good run and just uh, been very lucky and fortunate that uh, I've had some great opportunities in my life and just to be around football. And uh, I came out of the womb. My dad was a football coach and to be at 55 years of age, still be involved with football is, uh, is a great blessing to me. Well, I'm excited to to let the listeners know, you know, a lot of the listeners might not remember when you played. I remember when you played, you had Jerry Ball, you had Benny Blades. We had that tough defense. Wayne Fonts is the coach. Good times. Barry Sanders, both of our friend was on the team. Epic days. But I want to start in your childhood because this is the True Underdog podcast. And a lot of people think people are given things all the time. And really, we see that people earn stuff. They break, you know, they break the barriers. They work their ass off. They do things to get to the next level. And you as a childhood, what was that like growing up in your household with a football coach dad? Well, it, it was really cool because I, at a young age, I recognized the passion that I had for the game. And my dad was a high school teacher and a coach. I remember when, uh, you know, this is going back into the um, 1970s. I remember we moved and we sold our house that we lived in for $15,000 and bought a house for $29,000. And I know it's all relative, but still, it just that my brother and I shared a room in a two-bedroom bungalow, but we never went wanting. My parents always did a great job providing for us everything we ever wanted or needed, and uh, I was very fortunate. And The one thing about my dad was that my brother and I, by the way, my brothers, for those that don't know, my brother's the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, so it's a truly a football family, but we we always were with him. Like he he would take us, I've been in a locker room since I've been four. He refereed basketball during the winter, so we would travel around all these different high schools. So it was always about being around sports and always about learning how to compete at a young age. And I was very fortunate to realize that my passion for football and God-given ability to be able to take it to the highest level, I recognized that at a a very young age. And I think he recognized that and cultivated that within me uh, mentally and physically. Well, I, I read a story and remember, I mean, that we get along on a lot of things except where you went to college. I'm a big yeah. Noble Michigan fan. You went to Ohio State, but originally that wasn't the plan. I, I believe you wanted to go to Michigan and your dad said something to you. So being in Ohio, I mean, I don't know how familiar people are. Ohio, in, in Ohio, high school football is really, really big. I mean, it's a part of who we are as Ohioans and we make no uh, excuse for it. And... He during the recruiting process, uh, Bo Schembechler from Ohio, of course, uh, did a great job recruiting me, and I really 
you know, liked what Michigan stood for. I liked what Bo stood for. And I liked what Ohio State and what, you know, of course, Earl Bruce back then, but Woody Hayes, of course, uh, was a famous coach there. And um, I remember telling my dad, I just came home from the Michigan visit. I said, Dad, I think I want to go to Michigan. And he says, no, nah, I'll tell you where you're going, you traitor. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Ohio State, and that's the end of the story. But I really have such great respect for Michigan. In fact, even when, when um, I was a rookie or my second year, there was a linebacker coach by the name of Jimmy Herman. And I used to go over in the offseason during spring football and sit with the Michigan linebackers and talk about playing linebacker and stuff. And it's there's always been something about Michigan that I've always admired and, and respected. And anybody that knows, I'm not just saying that. I mean, it's a great robbery and I talk mess like everybody else. But anybody that knows me knows the, the respect that I've had for that university and, and that football program for a long time. So when you got drafted, you were... You know, first of all, you you made the Hall of Fame, the College Hall of Fame. So congratulations on that. That's a big deal. And you get drafted by the Detroit Lions. And what was that like, you know, to fulfill your dream? For a lot of listeners out there, they're scared to take that leap of faith. They're scared to follow their dream. They think that they just wake up the next day and they either have it or they don't. They don't realize all the preparation and the work that you've got to put in to get your goals. What was that like? Was was it fulfilling? Here's my whole philosophy, and, and uh, I'm sure you're a well-read individual, so you know the, the, the man in the mirror quote by Theodore Roosevelt. And the great line in that quote is about that we need to dare greatly, and if we fail, at least we fail while daring greatly, so we'll never be amongst those cold, timid souls that don't know the difference between victory or defeat. In my whole life, I could not imagine what it would be like not to have something on the line. Whether it's winning or losing, at least I'm going to feel something. And that's kind of been uh, my mindset. And and I just come back to that because I was kind of reminded of that. So my youngest daughter, best athlete of all the kids I have, but has no interest in athletics. And she just likes being my buddy and we like to hang out. And she's a girly girl. And um she knew that I was taking this Detroit Lions job. And she goes, Dad, why, why, why are you going up to the Lions when, you know, you got this great job, you're home a lot, and you're around where you love football, and you get to do TV. And then I took the job. I came back home after a couple weeks, and I spent the weekend just with kind of her and I spent some special time together. And she's 19 now. She just graduated and heading to Ohio State. And she said, I've never seen you happier. And this is her whole life, right? And she goes, why? And I said, well, and I thought about it for a second. And I said, because there's something on the line again, Hodge. And for me, that's what gets me going. That's from a career perspective. I've never said the word perspective. I have the same problem with lots of words. Don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) From from a career point of view, uh, that's what motivates me and gets me going and I love being part of it. I obviously have uh, deep roots with the Lions. I really have so much respect for Sheila and uh, Rod Wood and the whole organization. They gave me an opportunity being an integral part in, in moving this franchise forward and it started with being the hiring process of, of Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. I'm Jason Waller with the True Underdog Podcast, and let me tell you about my friends, jamesallen.com. You heard a ring try on? Yes, you can easily try on your rings via your hand on your mobile phone. Select any setting, find a ring that you love from the comfort of your home, 
and bam, you can see that ring on your hand. It's amazing. They have real-time diamond consultation. The first-of-its-kind service actually enables shoppers to virtually browse over 200,000 diamonds in real-time alongside the company's non-commissioned diamond and jewelry experts. That's right, non-commissioned experts. They're not making money on you spending money. And the benefits of buying online is up to 50% cheaper compared to the traditional stores. Do me a favor. Go to my friends at jamesallen.com for the best deal on your engagement ring, wedding ring. I don't care what kind of ring. Fellas, the time is now and use the code underdog30 for 30% off your purchase. That's right. Go to jamesallen.com. Put in the code underdog30 for 30% off your purchase. Bam. Yeah, that that takes me to a, a couple things. So one, you're a girl's dad, right? We we talked about that before. We've had a conversation before. I've got yeah. three daughters and a son, and you know, when you're a girl's dad, you're emotionally connected to your daughters. I think dads are more connected to their daughters than they are their sons. I love my son, and we're like pals and best friends. He wants to box and throw the football, but we have this protective. You know, we need to be there, be a great role model for our daughters perspective, you know, for for outlook. And I admire because, you know, not only did you have a great career with the lions, but, and you were gone a lot, but then you had some issues going on at home with, with your wife when she was sick. And, you know, can you talk about what that was and how you had to step up and be a, be a, be Mr. Mom, you know, be, be the, the, the caregiver here. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick version of it. In 1998, my wife at the time, Stephanie, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, and she had a 12-year battle, and uh, she went home, home, I call heaven home. She went home uh, on November 19th, in 2009, and during that time, she had five recurrences, but she was also healthy a lot of times, but then she was on treatment, and so... That's when I, I kind of walked away from football, which seemed to surprise some people. But I always knew who I was as a person. And how I was able to define myself was that on June 24th of 1989, I said it in sickness and in health, and I meant it to her. And so God gave me the financial means to be able to walk away and still provide for my family and yet be there and take her to treatment and go through that process and that journey with her. Along that time, then, you know, I became more, especially when she was ill, I kind of took care of the kids. I, I organized things. I did carpools. I did meals. I did all the things. They were young. After Stephanie passed away, I was a single father raising four kids, uh, three girls and a son, uh, from ages 15 to 7. And I felt woefully inadequate all the time. And I know, I know the, the difficulties and challenges and the rewards of being a single parent, but it's really hard. And I remember going to bed every night and, and you know, I'm a man of faith and I, I, I would look up in the sky and I'd say, I, I'm not doing a very good job. And I get a little emotional thinking about this because when you, when you sit down and you talk to your kids as they get older, all of them, before they left the house, went off to college, they all thanked me for doing a great job, Dad. And so it was really rewarding for me when I felt so inadequate at the time that I wasn't doing them a just service. Um, they saw it another way. And the cool thing, too, is, is that then in 2011, I thought I would never get remarried. And I mar- uh, met a girl from Youngstown, Ohio, and she's a wonderful woman and two more daughters that were one's the exact same age as my third child. 
and one's a year older. So I have now five daughters, one son, and a daughter-in-law. And it's been really, really uh, rewarding. Nobody wants to lose somebody they love, but it, you know that happens in life. And I never thought that I would ever get remarried. I never thought that I'd ever be able to love somebody again. And I think by, I talk about grace, the concept of grace a lot, by God's grace, I was able to, to find somebody and actually feel love again, to be able to love and to let myself be loved again was, uh, was really, really cool. And uh, I'm, I'm a very fortunate man. I've had two girlfriends in my life and I married them both. That's such a, a touching story. I, I try not to be emotional either, but I, I love that you talk about your faith. I think that's important that, you know, we don't do that. People don't do that enough. And I think that it's God gives us what we can handle and God gives us gifts and things that we feel are hard are really just teaching moments. The struggling moments make us stronger for what the future holds. I truly believe that. And, you know, that brings me to your second life now, right? You get to come back into football and you get to take a team that hasn't won in a long time. And that's had several different culture changes without, you know, I've been a diehard Lions fan. I haven't missed a game, Chris, since 1989. Either I watched it or I've been there since 1989. I mean, I'm the guy that was painted blue back in the day going to the games like, oh, my goodness. I can talk Lions football all day and know all the goods and all the bads. And I'm going to tell you that the culture and the shakeup is always it's been one extreme to another and bringing you in. You know, I remember when that happened, I was like, this is going to be good because this is somebody who understands old school football, man of faith, a man that believes in hard work, a man that believes in the process. You know, Brad Holmes, I read about him and, and seen some great things. And then our coach, Dan Campbell. So let's talk about him because you said, I tried to ask you, say, hey, can I come motivate the team one time? I'm That's what I'm about. Inspiration, motivation. You said, man, we got that in Dan Campbell. <laughs> Talk about Dan Campbell to me for a moment, because he's labeled as a character, but I'm excited what he brings to the table. I don't know if Dan Campbell's the right coach for the New England Patriots or the right coach for the San Francisco 49ers, but it is without hesitation that I say he is the right coach at the right time for the Detroit Lions and anybody around the league. Dan is so well-respected around the league I just talked to, uh, I can't, I have so many connections around the league. I must have talked to 30 people about Dan Campbell, unsolicited, by the way, in some cases, regarding what type of coach he is. I actually watched Dan for the last six years when I worked for Fox and covered NFL games. When I did Saint games, I'd go to practices and I keep notes on all these coaches because you never know. I just, uh, guys that I admire, and he always stood out to me. And so when we Dan had an opportunity interview, he did a tremendous job. And I think when you talk to Brad and you talk to Dan, the one common denominator and myself, I hope, and, and Sheila and Rod is that we're all servant leaders. And so when you have everybody looking to elevate everybody around them and help them do their job, that's when great things can happen. Is there going to be a guarantee of success? No, I'm not ever guarantee anybody success, but I'm going to give us, or I hope, be a part of something that gives us the best opportunity for success. Now, it's a process, and it's, it's uh, you talk about culture. Culture is kind of that word that everybody, you know, it's, it's everybody uses culture. I, I think of it more as environmental. 
uh, and I don't even know why I say environmental, only because it's simple to change a culture because it's just how you treat people and it's just how you communicate. And it's having the, the willingness to, to speak your truth without being judged. Doesn't mean you're always going to be right or doesn't be wrong, but people have very clear understanding of what's being said here and what direction. And that starts at the top with Sheila. Now, the key to it is it's fine now. We haven't played a game, right? The key you're undefeated is, right yeah, now. Yeah, my job <laughs> my job will be that we don't – it's easy like when, when things, especially in a business like the NFL, if things go a little sideways – you got to stick to who you are and who you say you are. I got a little saying on my uh, grease board in here. Everybody says it, not everybody does it. So we're saying it and we're doing it now. But when things or circumstances change or things get difficult in life or, or you're losing games or you're not playing to the level that you think you should be, you still have to stick to your core belief. And I think we have the people in place to lead us in that direction with with uh, Dan and uh, and Brad. I saw the, you know, everyone's seen the footage of the draft and you guys had a solid draft, but I want to talk about a little bit about the trade and not too deep. I have my own opinion on the trade, but this is a true story. When I saw the trade for Matthew Stafford, who I love dearly, and I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we'll ever see play, but it's not the right time for him here. Everybody I think needed to change. He needed to change. It was just a great move. But when I saw it, I thought we traded two first round picks and a third round pick and Stafford for golf. And I go, Oh man, oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah. And then when I saw it was the other way around, I was like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? So, you know, not to knock that, but golf is a two time pro bowler. He's been to the super bowl. The kid is one. I know a stat here that a lot of people don't talk about red zone QBR. He had the highest red zone quarterback rating in the NFL. That's a big deal. You don't have to be throwing 90 yards in the air to win games. So how excited are you and Brad that not only did kind of the trade you guys are building stock for the future, but getting the picks that you wanted to this year in the O-linemen and the two D-linemen back-to-back? Well, I think you're always excited about potential, but those questions don't get answered until time. You know, potentially everything looks great. And, but time answers all those questions and then you'll see, then you keep adjusting and, and you're always evolving, right? You always have to keep evolving. And look, Jared is, uh, I know Jared is excited to be here. Uh, Matthew, anybody that watched me do games on Fox knew what I felt about Matthew Stafford. I, I think, as you said, I think one of the most talented guys of our generation. And, you know, I think it, it, it could work out ultimately for both parties, but I think Jared is has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which most NFL players guys do, and that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when you talk about uh, when you start over, basically is what we're doing. I think we're off to a pretty good start as far as building for the future. Yeah, I'm really excited about the team, and and so leadership. You guys had a trade for Brockers as well. And I have a couple friends on, on the team. And what I've known from a lot of the friends that have said some things to me is the locker room really hasn't had a defined leader. There hasn't been a voice in the locker room of reason. There's been some coaches just being the leader, but sometimes, and you as a player and a build in a business, I believe that you want to empower and create other leaders. And just because you have a great player doesn't mean that they can be a great leader, right? Like I'll use Stafford example, great player, but not a vocal leader. And 
Where do you see this going? Because I know for years, at least in my opinion, Dominique Rayola, you know, was a great leader on that team when he was here. And have you guys found some more leaders, some vocal leaders to inspire the team? Because you get it from the coaches and you get it from the management, you get it from ownership, but sometimes you need players to rally the troops as well. I don't know. That's a time answer question. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know this. I'll speak generally about leadership in an NFL locker room. You just can't be a vocal leader. Guys aren't just following words, right? You better be producer. If you're not a producer, you're not going to lead because nobody's listening. You can sit there and call all the all the uh, team player only meetings you want. Nobody's going to listen. And I think from a player, I'll just speak in general terms from a player leadership. Brock has worked uh, with some of our young defensive linemen already this offseason on their own time. And so that's a sign of leadership, right? But you, the only way people listen to anybody in a huddle or the only way people listen to anybody into the locker room or on the practice field or in the weight room is if, first of all, you better know what you're talking about and you better not be wrong and you better be producing. If you're not, you can't lead and you end up being more of a detriment than a help to a football team. Well, I'm definitely excited about what what we have in store for us, Chris. And I appreciate you coming out and sharing your story, inspiring the underdogs out there that <laughs> look hard work, overcome adversity. You know, God is great. He has a plan for us. And the future is bright, my man, for the Detroit Lions. I believe that. It, it may not be playoffs this year, but I think we're in the right step. It's take the stairs, not the elevator. And I think you guys are building something great there. And I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the show, my man. Thank you. And that's a wrap on True Underdog. Bam! And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam! 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 True Underdog. Bam! 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 Bam